0: if you want to open your Bibles to uh, Leviticus 23 and Acts chapter 2. So Leviticus 23. That's a book we don't read often, right? (laughs) All the laws and the the tabernacles and the feasts and all the stuff that happened. Um, But it's really important for today. And I, I, I I don't have a long message, but I wanted to draw some historical context to Pentecost Sunday. Um, why do we celebrate Pentecost Sunday? I, I know we as Pentecostals, as, as you know, we believe in the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We believe in all the things that uh, Jesus said he would do when he left. He would send the Holy Spirit to us to empower us, to comfort us, to give us gifts, to to produce his fruit and character inside of us. We believe in all that stuff. And that's why we celebrate Pentecost. But uh, the Jewish religion has been celebrating this exact holiday, not called Pentecost, but this exact holiday for thousands of years. And I I don't know how to say it properly, but it's called Shavuot. It is a Jewish holiday. Um, it's called the Feast of Weeks or the Feast of First Fruits. Come on. They would have, this is one of the three um, major feasts that they would celebrate. The first one obviously would be the Passover, which happened on Easter, which is, we celebrate Easter, they celebrate the Passover. That's the first holiday. But then there was this other holiday called the Shabbat, and it literally means the conclusion. Come on, that sounds familiar. Jesus said something on the cross, right? He said, It is finished. It is concluded, right? And um, so it's a celebration of first fruits. One of the ways that they celebrate is they bring offerings to the Lord. Um, Let's just read it here from uh, Leviticus 23. And he's telling them exactly how he wants them to celebrate this, this ceremony. He says, you should count for yourselves from the day after the Sabbath, uh, from the day that you brought the sheaf of the wave offerings, seven Sabbaths shall be completed count 50 days to the day after the seventh Sabbath. I know, let me say it in English, right? Because that's a lot of jibber-jabber. You're going to count seven Sabbaths, or seven weeks from the Passover, and on that next day, that 50th day, you're going to celebrate the first fruits. You're going to celebrate this. You're going to bring a grain offering to the Lord. You're going to bring from your dwelling two wave loaves of bread. And basically what they would do is in all of the other, all of the other Jewish festivals and holidays, they used unleavened bread. But in this specific one, they used leavened bread for a specific reason. It's a prophetic insight into this. Um, And they would take two loaves of leavened bread and they would wave them around and dance with them and and worship before the Lord. They would bring their offerings, their first fruits before the Lord. Thank you for being the Lord of the harvest, for bringing in our our crops and bringing in our fruit and we would bring the the olives and the grapes and and we would dance before the Lord. They would offer a sacrifice of a, of a, a, a bull, it goes on to say, and then they would wave these loaves of bread before the Lord and I just love the imagery of it. Take that picture of the two loaves of bread. Just we're gonna we're gonna dance like that. So now we bring two loaves of bread. We're just gonna dance around, right? Have fun with it. But that's how they would worship and they would celebrate. And then he goes on and he gives them exact instructions, and I'm not gonna read all of that because we don't celebrate that that uh, festival the way they do. Because when Jesus came. He says, you know, it's an end to these festivals. It's an end for us to offer these sacrifices. He's saying there's no longer a need for us to offer the blood of bulls and goats and rams, but because Jesus was the perfect lamb of God who took away the sins of the world. So now we can celebrate every single day, right? And every day is a Sabbath day. It's a rest. It's a time where we enter into rest with God. And so why do these two two, uh, holidays link up on the calendar? And they always do. See Pentecost is a Greek word. it means fifty, and it was represented that fifty days after Jesus left and was resurrected and went into heaven, the fiftieth day after that, the Holy Spirit came down. Come on, we sang about it this morning, and some very specific things happened all right um, but i want to I want to read. Sometimes in our Bibles, we miss context and um, I was reading through some Messianic Jewish um, readings and I found this and I thought this was a really cool note and I wanted to draw attention to it. So when they would celebrate the Shavuot, it was the first fruit. They also believe that if you, if you go back in time, that this celebration was first celebrated the day that God gave the law to Israel is when he presented the Torah to them. And they, begin, they had the law of God inscribed on stones for them. And, and they say that that date, it was the first one, and you follow it. And that's why they celebrate that day, Shavuot. It was when the law was given. It's not just the first fruits. It's not just the celebration of the, of the, the offerings and all that stuff. It's the fact that God gave the law to us. And now he communicated his ways to live, right? Everybody so good? <clears throat> So, there's this Hebrew Bible, this paraphrase, it's called the the Targums. And it paraphrases the Hebrew Bible into Aramaic, which is the language that Jesus spoke. And this is how it describes uh, what happened when the law was given to Israel. So, the first Shavuot, the first ceremony uh, that would happen on this calendar day. It says, when a word had issued from the mouth of God, everyone say, from the mouth of God. It actually says when a word had been issued from the mouth of the Holy One and then they would pause and say, blessed be his name. I love that. So when the word came out of the mouth of the Holy One, blessed be his name in the form of sparks and thunderbolts and flames like torches of fire. Come on. All right. Take the imagery. Then the flames, uh, one came on the right and a tongue of fire on the left. They would fly through the air. Right, so picture all of Israel is camped out together. They're all in this giant, just crowd. Just picture this massive crowd of people in the center of this, of this valley. There's the mountain where the law is being given. And what would happen is when God would say a word, his words would come out like sparks and like flames of fire and thunderbolts. And they would separate and they would go one to the right as a, as a flame of fire, one to the left as a tongue of fire. And it would go around the whole camp of Israel and then come back to the mouth of God, right? And, and it would fly through, it would hover over their heads and then come back to God. And, and then it says that the flames would incise the words of God onto the stone. So literally what they believe happened, and I I believe this, that God spoke from his mouth, blessed be his name, the Holy One, would speak and his words would come out and they would separate as tongues of fire and thunderbolts and lightning. They would go all around Israel and hover over their heads and they would feel the power and the authority and the warmth of God's voice. And then it would come back and then they would go down to these tablets and it was inscribing the law that God was speaking out of his mouth. How cool is that? I want to see that DVD when we get to heaven. Like he spoke and it inscribed on stone his laws. And there's another really cool thing that happened here, they believe that there were 70 nations or 70 languages that were spoken on the earth at the time. Because remember at the Tower of Babel, everyone spoke English, or not English. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's my American thinking, right? Everyone, <laughs> everyone spoke the same language. And because they had a heart to defy God and to, to shake their fist at God, he changed their languages. He, he, he confused their speech. And so God would speak. And as he spoke, lightning bolts and fire would go around all of Israel. He would come back and it would inscribe on the stone the law of God and it says that there were 70 tablets and he inscribed on every single this is so powerful every one of these tablets he inscribed the law of God in their language so that they could follow his ways because if he spoke only in one language only people that spoke that language could follow his laws. But because God was inclusive and he was pulling everyone in close, which represents his fire going around the camp and pulling. I just see it like pulling them to himself. And he inscribed the law so that they were able to hear it in their own language and speak it and understand it and pass it to their children and follow his laws. Because he wanted us to succeed. Amen. So take that imagery. All right. And then what happened on Pentecost? Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2. So we open service with Acts 1 where Jesus is saying, hey, don't leave Jerusalem. Wait for the promise that I've been telling you about. You're going to receive this baptism of the Holy Spirit and you're going to receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. Amen. Fast forward, Jesus goes away. They're all upset. They wait 10 more days in the upper room and Acts chapter 2 happens. And let's see what it says. I, I could quote it, but I don't want to miss any parts of it. Acts chapter 2, verse 1. And when the day of Pentecost had fully come. It was a calendar date. It was set in time. They were all in one accord in one place. Picture the, the Shavat, the first time when the Torah, when the law was given to the Israelites, they were all in one place. They were encamped together. The day of Pentecost. The 120 that waited around, everyone else scattered, but the 120 that waited were all in one place. They were in one seated place, one, one, one place for God to come to them, and they were all in one accord. They were in unity, and suddenly, everyone say suddenly. suddenly. What happened? There came a sound from heaven. And it says, like a rushing mighty wind. The Old Testament describes God's voice as it's the sound of many waters. It's the sound of the rushing waters. And I believe that's what they heard that day in the day of Pentecost. In that, in that small room with the 120 people gathered around, the voice of God comes into a room and they heard it. And it sounded like the wind blowing through the trees. It sounded like the rivers cutting through the canyons. And they heard the, the sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind. And it filled the whole house where they were sitting. So just like when the Torah was given and the word of God came out and it surrounded the camp and it hovered over them, this is what happened here in Acts chapter two. It says, then appeared to them divided tongues of fire. The exact same thing that happened there. The Holy Spirit had had come into the room and the voice of God, the ruach, the voice of God, the breath of God comes into the room, surrounds them and then hovers on them and sits on them like a flame. Hmm. And it sat on each one of them. And it says, and they were filled with the Holy Spirit. Everyone say, amen. Amen. And then what did they do after they were filled with the Holy Spirit? What did they do? They spoke in tongues. Why is this so important? Because at this time, all the people were in Jerusalem celebrating this this Feast of Weeks, they were there in town. They were all around. People from all over the world had come to Jerusalem. See, these three feasts require that, that those that are, are possible, that the males of the families of the Jewish family return to Jerusalem. On those three festivals and celebrate the festival. And so they came from all over the world. They were scattered everywhere. And they came to Jerusalem and they were celebrating this Feast of Weeks, the Feast of First Fruits, the the Feast of the Shabbat when the Word of God was given and written on stone. And now they're celebrating this and all of a sudden they hear the sound. And I believe that their ancient heart that they had. Was drawn to the sound. And the Bible says that the, the Holy Spirit falls on these disciples and they they begin to speak in other tongues and they spilled out of this little place they were. I I, I see them in like in a little private room, and the Holy Spirit comes into that private room and, and breaks down the barriers, and the flame sits upon them, and they begin to speak in other tongues, and they begin to spill outside onto the courtyards and out on the balconies, and they're they're praying in these foreign languages that they don't know. And all the people on the street hear the noise. And they're like, how are these foolish men speaking in our language? And they're not just talking. They're not just saying jibber jabber. They're speaking the word of God in the language of the people that were there. And they're like, how are they declaring the word of the Lord to us in our home language? How do they know our dialect? How did they learn it? The Holy Spirit taught them. Why is Pentecost so important? It's because on the, when the law was given, the law of God was written on tablets of stone. But when the Holy Spirit comes, he writes his law on our hearts. Yeah. And he does it with his mouth. He speaks and the flame of fire comes out and it sits upon us and it inscribes on our heart the law of God. And then we don't just keep it for ourselves. It spills out. We begin to speak in other languages because God is always giving an invitation to every tribe, to every nationality, to every people group on the earth. He is always saying, please come close to me. I'm your father. I want to be your God and I want you to be my people. And I want to make it simple for you. I don't want language to be a barrier. I don't want your social class to be a barrier. I want you to understand my love for you. I want to bring you close. And that's what Pentecost represents. It's the celebration of the law coming. and It's the celebration of the first fruits of God. And it's the celebration of his power upon us to be his witnesses. <sighs> it's really important we understand these things. <clears throat> I love the imagery. I love the sound from heaven, the tongues. I love the praising the two God. See how the two different things were similar. And, and I was talking with Kyle about this, some of this stuff the, the other day. And I was like, it's amazing to me how every prophecy lines up for Jesus being the Messiah. Like it's right there. Like how did all of this stuff line up? But God, because he set times and dates on his calendars and he says, this is when this is going to happen. And so it's just beautiful to me. I, I love this, this story. I, I didn't think of this before. I never heard this before. I didn't learn this in Bible school. We, we didn't learn this. I wish I would have learned it, but we didn't. But I love that it says that this is when, when Peter begins to preach his sermon after the day of Pentecost. They're making fun. They're like, oh, they're drunk. It, he's like, it's nine in the morning, guys. Come on. It's not five o'clock somewhere. <laughs> he's like, dude, it's really early, right? Come on. Uh, he's like, they're not drunk. They're filled with the Holy Spirit. They're not drunk on wine. They're filled with the Holy Spirit. And I want you to know that this is the promise that your prophet Joel told you about. This is the promise. Joel chapter two says, and the, the spirit of God will be poured out upon all flesh and your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. Even upon your hand servants and maid servants, they will begin to prophesy. Come on. And, yeah. and Peter stands up after this event happens and they're trying to figure out what is this? They even said this. What does this mean? What do, you, what do we think it means? It's the creator of the universe calling his children home. That's what Pentecost represents. And he says, hey, guys, this is that that was prophesied. Today, you are seeing prophecy take place. He's telling them, you've heard Joel quoted over and over and over again in ceremonies. But today, you're witnessing the fulfillment of what Joel prophesied. You're here and you're seeing it. And so he says, now repent and be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Come on. All right. There's the history. So what is the purpose of Pentecost for us? I wrote it just a simple, I, I think it's an easy way to remember it. Pentecost to us, the reason it's important is because we're to send empowered witnesses of Jesus into all the world to make disciples. That's why we believe Pentecost is powerful. We have been called to send empowered witnesses of Jesus into all the earth to make disciples. It sounds very similar to what he told Adam and Eve. He says, be fruitful and multiply. You be fruitful, do well, prosper, and multiply. Everyone say, be fruitful and multiply. It's the same calling with Pentecost. Be empowered witnesses of Jesus and disciple nations empowered we're new creations we're healthy come on we're whole we have the fruit of the spirit we have the gifts of the spirit he's in us for us he's honest for others that's what it means to be empowered that we we get our stuff together come on and we live instead of trying to get back to even we live in the in the abundance that Jesus paid for right Empowered witnesses. He will write his law on our hearts. He will put his words in our mouth. We will declare his ways to the whole earth. Come on, that's why we're here. We're to make disciples. We're to preach the gospel and to teach what Jesus taught. Come on. Jesus said, the things that I do, you're going to do, and even greater things than these. He says, and as you go, heal the sick. Cleanse lepers, cast out demons, raise the dead. Amen? Amen. Baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach them to observe all the laws of God. How do they know the laws of God? Because I was in the company of the presence of God, and His voice surrounded me. And His Spirit came upon me like fire and inscribed His law on my heart. And then He gave me the ability to speak in other tongues. How many of us have ever felt like we're in a situation where like, man, I just, I don't know how to tell them about Jesus. I don't know the words to say. I don't know how to communicate to them. No more excuses for that. It's not even just a language thing. It's being able to connect to another person. Like we may speak the same language. We may live on the same street and have such different experiences that I could talk to you or you could talk to me and we don't understand each other because of our background and our history, but the Holy Spirit came to break down every wall that divides us. So that it doesn't matter if we're, the Bible says there's no Jew, there's no Greek, there's no slave, there's no free, there's no male, there's no female. We're all sons and daughters under the same father, right? In the same father. And and so the Holy Spirit comes and gives us the ability to not be offensive. I just want to close with this. Like we live in a world right now where everyone's picked sides on every, top, every topic divides, divides us. Everything that comes up. Well, my experience, your experience clashes and we don't see eye to eye. So we can't really hang out with each other. That's not true. That's not the way God wants this. That's the old way where we're all separated and our own tribes. But he says that we're, he's going to bring from every tribe one family. <sighs> I don't want to to walk into an atmosphere and feel like because I look the way I do and because I have my history that people are offended with me or don't want to hear what I have to say when I walk into a room. I don't want that because the Holy Spirit came to break down every wall. He came to break down every wall. And just like I don't want to reject anyone because they don't look like the package that I expected it to come in. Or a homeless person comes up and prophesies over me. I want to recognize the voice of the Lord on it. Is this making sense? That's what Pentecost is. That's why we should be filled with the Holy Spirit, not just so we can have these powerful gifts, not just so we can talk in tongues in church. The purpose of the tongues was so that other people would hear God's heart for them. The purpose of the message in tongues, the purpose of us praying in tongues and was to praise God in a way that that person can connect to it and say, that's my language. You're you're speaking the language of my heart. And can you imagine if you and I would get so filled with the Holy Spirit that everywhere we go, whether we're in a wealthy room or a poor room, whether we're in this background or that background, it doesn't matter. We have a word from the Lord for them where God's sending his word. It's, the Bible says like he's making his appeal to mankind through us, the living epistles. That's why we should be filled with the Holy Spirit. That's why we should pray in tongues. That's why we should be empowered by the Holy Spirit because there are people that there's this wall either that they have built or has been built up that says you can't come close because of this reason or that reason. And the Holy Spirit came to destroy that wall. And he came to give us the words, the word of the Lord. The living, active, powerful word of God is inside of us. He's written on our hearts and then he wants us to speak it out of the overflow of our heart. The mouth speaks. We create worlds with our words. We can create experiences for people with our words. So we celebrate today. We celebrate the giving of the law we celebrate the imagery. Now let's, I, I told you to remember the two bread loaves, just, you know, like high traffic controllers with the bread, right? Why, why leavened bread and why two? And I just give my opinion on this. Jesus says, what, what can I liken the kingdom to? It's like leaven. It, it's like leaven and a little bit leavens the whole lump. And in every other ceremony, they used unleavened bread. But to me, I picture the Holy Spirit as that leaven, as that activating agent that causes the bread to rise. Why two loaves of bread? I believe that one loaf represented the law of God, the Word of God. Come on, the Word of God, the bread from heaven, right? But then the other represented Jesus. And Jesus says, I am the bread that came from heaven. The bread that, that Moses gave. Rotted the next day, but I'm the eternal bread of life. And if you'll eat of this bread, you'll never be hungry again. If you drink of me, you'll never be thirsty again. And they've been celebrating for thousands of years this ceremony where they're dancing and celebrating with leavened loaves of bread, not even knowing that they're celebrating the Messiah, the Jesus, the the bread that came down from heaven. Come on. I love it. It's just beautiful. So, would you stand? We're just going to close things out. Hmm. I just want you to picture him. When the Holy One would speak a word, it would come out of his mouth like a roar. It would split up into tongues of fire and it would enrapture the whole company. I just see him coming out, wrapping this room, wrapping you up in your home right now hovering over you so that you feel the warmth and the power of his spirit. And then his word comes down and writes his law on our hearts. And then we begin to speak in other languages, praising God. Ooh. Yeah, I guess it, did it. Why? What is the purpose? To draw men to God. To draw people close. So Father, I ask that today, that in this room, you would draw us close. That we would be gathered together in one place, in one accord, in unity. <clears throat> that your fire would rest on us. Come on, we sing about it. Why don't you just ask him now? The Holy Spirit, rest on me like fire. Holy Spirit, rest on us like fire. Living flame of God. It hmm. oh. We're going to do one more uh, corporate prayer. Right? Just keep your heads bowed, your eyes closed. I just want to ask. Is there anyone here that's, that's just like, man, I just I do feel like I'm divided from God, like I've been separated, like he's far from me. I know he's here. I know he's real, but he feels distant. He feels cold. He feels far off. Does anyone feel that way? And You're like, I don't want to feel that way anymore. I want him to feel close to me. I want to feel close to him. Would you raise your hand if that's you? Anyone at all? Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Whew. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Bless you. Yeah. You know, it's something we should never forget for the rest of our lives. All of us. We can only respond to God because he's been calling to us. He's initiated. So we've responded. So you raising your hand, whether you're here or you're at home, you responded because he's already been talking to you. It didn't just happen today. It's been going on, you know, it's been, he's been talking throughout the week. He's been pulling you close. There have been these encounters, these, these little whispers, or when you lay your head down to sleep, or when you wake up or you're driving down the road, something will pull your memory toward God. That's him. And so you raising your hand today was just a response to what's been going on. And that's the same for all of us. If God's been been dealing and talking to us and working and, and, and prophesying over us and pulling us close, and we're like, I just want to be closer to you. That's, he's, he's already been doing it. We're just responding to his initiation. And so I just want you to know that you hear from God. Yes. It's important that you know, that we all know we hear from God because he's calling us. He's calling us close. So we, can we all just pray that? God, I come to you. <laughs> as a son or a daughter. And I want to be closer. Break down the walls. Break down the cage I've built. Bring me close. I hear your word and I respond to you. Be the God of my life. Write your law in my heart that I may obey you. Thank you for forgiving me of all of my sin. <laughs> Thank you for paying the penalty for, for my sin. <laughs> and I will live free. And I will live thankful. <sighs> all right, last thing we're going to pray and we'll, we'll be done. One of the major things they also celebrate on this Shavat is they tell the story of how they were delivered from Egypt into the Promised Land. They remember. They talk about it. They share. They reminisce. And I want us just to close the service out. And I want you to think about where you are and where God's brought you from. I just we're going to end with thankfulness. This is all. We're gonna, I'm not going to say anything else. I bless you right now with His presence. But we're just going to stop. And we're going to be thankful. We're going to celebrate. He brought us from Egypt. We all had our own Egypts. Yeah, we all had our own places yeah. of bondage. He brought us out and he brought us to a good place, a place flowing with milk and honey. Everything's available to us here. Everything he paid for, everything Jesus paid for is available in this new place. So let's, let's just end the meeting with Thanksgiving, all right? Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you,